What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Take two on a Tuesday. Uh, laptop difficulties to start the week. Um, we're good. We're here. Wade's and Kata, Connor O'Neill. Man, what a week we had. What a week we had this week in the CFL. Um, I will only say one thing, one analytical thing. Nathan Rourke is very good at putting spirals on footballs. Set a record. Set a record this week. The most passing yards thrown in a single game by a Canadian quarterback, most from a BC Lions quarterback period since like 2007. So over a decade since we've seen those kind of numbers coming out of an orange and black uniform. Uh, the fan club is definitely growing exponentially at this point, Connor. Um, I might have to have a board of directors. Uh, so I'm going to have Jim Mullen and the Farhan Lalji join me as the uh, the heads of the Nathan Rourke fan club. Uh, the issue is, though, that this fan club is growing so exponentially that if he has one game where, like, he throws under 200 yards, oh, everyone's off the bandwagon. Everyone's going to be gone. Oh, no, no, no. You can't turn that fast. There's no way. I'm not turning not that fast, but people will. I just know it. Uh, but no, all, the question, I know, all I know is I'm very excited to get there. To get there yeah. on Thursday, dude. Oh, my God. Nathan Rourke, save some yards for Thursday night, please. Because, like, you've thrown so many. I'd Like, can your arm continually throw that many yards? Because I would like to see that kind of a show put on for Ottawa. Uh, Car and I will be there. My own shirt's ready to go, man. I'm I'm fired uh, up. I am, I'm super excited. We'll get back into a little bit of Nathan Rourke talk. But uh, we do have a huge episode coming up today. As promised, we are going to debut a brand new segment in a little bit. Uh, talks of fantasy as well. And Wade's going to recap his weekend for me. And as high school seasons begin to come closer across the country and, you know, junior seasons or summer seasons are starting up, get your coaching boards, fox40shop.com. And while you're there, not only will you find coaching boards, you will also find all of your other needs, whistles, the Sonic Blast CMG, always a fan favorite of ours. And everything else that you might need to start your season 15% off with code CFP at checkout fox40shop.com. Okay. Okay. First of all, we're going to jump the Rourke stuff up top because it's right here. It's right now. (laughs) Um, Here's my issue. I, I didn't think of this. I was being selfish. Maybe I was being naive in this, but I saw maybe it was before our homology tweet. It's not a matter of, how much more of this are we going to get for Nathan Rourke? It's a matter of how much longer will he be around to do so? Now, at first I was kind of like, what? What are you talking about? He's going to be BC line. Then I was like, oh, oh crap. There's a certain professional league south of the border that, uh, that could come calling very soon for Nathan Rourke. Because unlike some other quarterbacks who get their break into the league at 27, like let's say Chad Kelly, for instance, on the Argos. Everyone's so excited about this rookie CFL player, Chad Kelly, that wowed in the preseason. Chad Kelly's like 28, 29. Let's not forget, Nathan Rourke is like our age, Connor. So this is, <laughs> he's in he's in prime position to be called from the NFL. Like, hey, do you want to come into our quarterback room, compete for a training camp, maybe be our number two, maybe have a shot in the number one spot. I know I'm, I'm pressing the overreaction button because we've seen two games, but at this rate, at this pace, it will slow a bit, but... I mean, slowing from 430, <laughs> he's down for 285 and three touchdowns or two touchdowns a game. That's still damn good play from a 24-year-old who's 
really gotten his first year on at the helm uh, of this franchise. So for Nathan Bourke, I'm hoping he can stay because I I'm quite happy with the Kid Canada fan club that is growing uh, beneath our her eyes here. Um, it would probably grow a bit more if he went to the NFL, but selfishly, I hope he stays in the CFL for a very long time because having a Canadian quarterback like that is so damn exciting to see, especially when they blow teams out for two straight weeks and uh, <laughs> are tied with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Calgary Stampede. Oh, well, I guess Calgary and Winnipeg are technically above them because they haven't had a bye. But in terms of winning percentage, they are all equal. Man, uh, I can't, can't say it enough. I am excited for Thursday, but my oh crap with Nathan Rourke, I guess um, you said, you said you had one. My oh crap with Nathan Rourke is, am I going to be able to afford this guy on my fantasy team consistently from here on out? His value is going to go up. It has to go up. Um, but it's your Eugene Lewis paradox. Yes, it is. And do, I, do, I, I, I discussed this with myself driving home at <laughs> like five thirty, six o'clock this morning. Um, I was on the 401. I'm thinking, God damn it. I'm going to have to pay 15 K for this man. And I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. That's it. I'm committing to it. If he, if he raises that much, unless there's some stupidly good deal. Like if I get, uh, who's playing next week? Um, like if I get, okay, we got, Cody Fajardo against Montreal, or we got Calaris against Toronto next week. If they are stupidly cheap, then you know what? I might have a little debate with myself, but um, at this point, man, I'm just like, oh, I got to spend the money on him. It's my guy. At this point, it's just, it's like, an, it's my guy thing. I got to rock with him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I think I feel you on that one. Until, until like I just cannot construct a roster. <laughs> <laughs> until i can't make it work I, I think i'm gonna have to keep doing it but you know what uh because of his phenomenal play in two weeks i uh almost I believe points again yeah he was at like 34 9 last uh 30, i think it was 36 week. 7 was the total this week uh either way there has been some movement in the cfp fancy pool on uh, cfl.ca uh we have a new leader in the clubhouse from the nice, beautiful province of New Brunswick, Ray Perkin, has taken the lead. Uh, he jumped up 12 points over uh, Daryl. I have slid just a point behind Daryl uh, for second place, and Connor has been I got a, I had a tough week. holding it in fourth. Yeah. I, I mean, 20 I points thought I was going to have an now. awful week. Okay, but think about this. I had Shaq Evans in the first game. Gets hurt with two points. Okay, Reggie White doesn't really do a whole lot. Okay, that's uh, that's another issue. So then we get Winnipeg. Winnipeg's defense, clutch touchdown by Willie Jefferson to boost the points to 15. Okay, we can we can live with that. Then James Walter Jr. comes out, doesn't do a whole lot, just has a good game, like 11 points, 11.9 points or something. And I get Brian Burnham, touchdown, first drive. I'm like, all right, here we go. And... Uh, Right after that, he gets hurt, or later in the game, gets hurt, so he doesn't have too big of a night. But I'm like, oh my god! Sure enough, Nathan Rourke puts the backpack on, straps it up, buckles done up in the front, and he just starts hiking up the mountain, carrying the team. Uh, so we're in third still somehow. So uh, man, 
Nathan Rourke, thank you. Thank you once again. <laughs> Remember last week when we were talking about Dalton Schoen? Yeah, you got your one catch this week. <laughs> Remember I said, remember I said I like I I'm gonna burn myself with them this week? Yep. Yep, I did. Yep. Uh but I will say, I don't know if you watched much of that game, but did you see the target that he got in the end zone? I was like, oh, it's there. But yeah, it was. Uh that's what I said though. I mean, those are the type of plays that are gonna come his way and in fantasy when they pay off, it's great, but you're gonna have the weeks where they don't. Unfortunately, I think I did. Oh, Nick Dembski, you had a little fanboy moment. I did. About Nick Dembski. I, I did. I, I don't know who was on the play-by-player, the color for that game. But when Nick Dembski made that catch near the end zone, they said, go outside and try that. I bet you don't catch half of them if you throw 10 balls like that. And That's we were a, kind that of was a tough catch, man. It's such a tough catch. But, like, uh, in terms of Claros, like, two plays in a row, <laughs> his deep ball – accuracy i was just like oh man this could have been so much different but nick dempsey bailed him out um okay let's talk about the weekend i'll go through it quick yeah give me your quick uh, hitters because we have a brand new segment today we also have to talk about a certain school in british columbia that i'm gonna just not say nice things about we do have some news to get to we do have some news to get to I am not going to be nice about this one. Spicy. Um, okay, let's start it off. Montreal, um, holy hell, did they fly out of the gates for this home opener. Um, Marc-Antoine Decaux was not put on the highlight reel this week. He made the highlight reel because he housed a, t- a pick. Uh, so he finally was not on the <laughs> receiving end of, uh, of a bad highlight uh, no, Montreal just flew around. I mean, Trevor Harris distributes the ball so nicely. Um, I feel really bad for Vernon Adams, man. Misses COVID after being with COVID after being pulled last week. And Trevor Harris is just like, oh, you want to see me take down an undefeated Saskatchewan team? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll do it by about 30 points. Um, so, yeah, I, like the to me, it was 37 to 6 because the, the last minute touchdown eh, doesn't really matter to me. Uh, then we go to the defending Grey Cup champions where they played against the Hamilton field goal kickers uh, as this team is struggling to find the end zone. Uh, two out of three weeks that they've really, well, really two and a half out of their three games, they have, they have been unable to put the ball in the end zone. Um, for Hamilton, like everything's there. You can see it. It's so close. It's just not clicking for them. And you know what? They're stumbling out of the gates, but when they hit their stride, I feel like this team is going to take off their weapons. They're getting healthy. The defense is playing pretty solid. I mean, they held Winnipeg to what would it be 16 points? And then Willie Jefferson had that touchdown at the end. So uh, the defense is playing well. I, it's just, it's just something is going to click and this team's going to take off. Uh, then my man shades Jones had a backdoor cover in the battle of Alberta. That was a, uh, very selfish move by him. People may want to look into his Pete Rose activity there as they had, <laughs> they were down 10 with uh, what, like three minutes left. And he decided to kick the field goal and then drive her an onside. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> but I got them at eight points and they only lost by seven. So thank you, Shades Jones, for the backdoor cover. Uh, in all honesty, it was a quiet day for Kenny Lawler, Darrell Walker. Uh, Manny Arsenal had some some moments, but Arbuckle played solid. And then just whenever 
the second half came out, it was just like Calgary made the plays when Edmonton didn't, and that was the difference. Uh, and then we got the nightcap where Kid Canada just, you know, did Kid Canada things and scored touchdowns and threw balls. And there was, there was a few breakdowns in coverage from the Argos, I will say that. But these breakdowns weren't, like, his first read. Like, Nathan Mark was still going through first read, second read. Oh, there's a breakdown over on the far side. Okay, let's reset the feet. Let's throw the ball there and make a play. Okay, touchdown. Thanks. Uh, also would like to point out that there are some people criticizing Nathan Rourke after week one about his lack of depth of targets, meaning he was Drew Brees. Uh, can we put that to bed, please? Because against Edmonton, he didn't have to throw the ball downfield. They were just leaving James Butler out in the flat. Okay. Have fun. Screen pass? Sure. You want to take that for a touchdown? Be my guest. This week, intermediates, deeps, in in spots. I will say there were some ball placement issues that could be cleaned up because there's going to be some receivers that get hurt doing that. Um, So now we get BC on a short week uh, going to the Ottawa Red Blacks on Thursday night. Connor? There's no lines up yet, but I am going to be very, very, very antsy to get an early look at this line because after BC has blown out two teams and Ottawa has lost two games, I feel like there's going to be some odds makers that give a stupidly high line to BC when Ottawa and their defense has shown nothing but promise this year. So I'm going to be very antsy to see where that line is set. Uh, okay. Weekend done. On to week four. Car and I are going to be there Thursday night at Lansdowne. Uh, craft Beer Corner? Craft Beer Corner. We'll see you guys there. I am way too excited. Oh, my Lord. I'm so excited to get to the nation's capital. Um, now, before – I know, I know. Everybody's probably like, all right, new segment. What is it? What is it? No. Before we get there – we have a little bit of a bone to pick with the West certain Coast. School. A certain school. <sighs> okay. So, UBC and Simon Fraser, long-standing rivalry in the city of Vancouver, encapsulated in what is known as the Shrumble. Great. Okay. So, last week, uh, the province of BC, uh, their football organization – the UBC Thunderbirds and Simon Fraser agreed to renew the Shrumble rivalry. Great. That sounds fantastic. It's been a couple, like a decade or so. Only issue. Uh, one, the game is in December. Uh, so it means nothing. Two, Simon Fraser is an NCAA school. So once again, it means nothing. And three, because they're an NCAA school and UBC is a U sports school, like every other school in Canada, uh, they play different styles of football. So how are they going to get around this? Well, whoever hosts the Shrumble in a given year, that's whose style of rules they're going to play. Okay, here's my thing. Here's my issue with this. Simon Frazier, you have not benefited in the slightest by being 
Canada's only NCAA school. That's great. You guys win what, like two games in five years? I don't even know the stats on this. I just know that they don't win often. Like, no. I I think in my time at U of T, I won more games than Simon Fraser did as an NCAA school. How many games did you win? I think six in four years. Boom. More. Are you look? Did you look it up? No, I just know that's a fact. <laughs> it is. Um, if anybody has an issue with it, fact check me. I dare you. I'm I'm gonna fact check myself right now. You're gonna find that you are correct. They do okay, not they win went, often. They went one and seven last year. Uh, one and nine in 2019. One and nine in 2018. So. Oh, and 10 in 2017. Basically, what I'm hearing at this point with Simon Fraser is 2016. It, it's not good, but basically what I'm hearing oh, and now nine here in with, 2015. <laughs> with Simon Fraser is what is your sales pitch? How are you getting kids to come here? It's Canada's only NCAA school, but it's Canada's only NCAA, NCAA school and they don't win. But it's not even that. Like they don't put players into the NFL. So if no. you're an NCAA school, that would be the presumptive draw, right? The only player that you put in is Rice and John who has been on a practice roster and now has moved teams, but he had to change positions completely at the NFL level. And that's because he's a freak of nature anomaly who's six, seven and runs like lightning. Um, well, like, and, and I don't want to like, I don't want to dump on, on Simon Fraser t- for too long, too hard here, but like, man, the best players in Canada. Don't want to go best to Simon the, Fraser. Well, no, they don't. And the best players in Canada that aren't playing like, you know, division one football, they're playing U sports. The best so players Fraser in BC put- don't want to go to Simon Fraser, man. Like it's not even yeah. a it's not even country issue; it's a provincial issue. Well, the other thing, the other thing, like my major gripe with with Simon Fraser too is like, oh, like it's scheduling. We don't want to fly around like it's in the same city to as Calgary. No, I know, but they're like, oh, we don't want to fly around to like Calgary, Saskatchewan, Manitoba to play these teams. But it's like, okay, but you're going to schedule. Texas Permian this year, which is a 31 hour drive versus Calgary, which is 10. Like, yeah, but they you can't, you can't tell me, I know, I know, but you can't tell me it's scheduling when it's easier to fly to Calgary and you're flying to Texas, which is 31 hours driving. Um, okay. So my thing with the Shrumble is Simon Frazier needs to give up the NCAA stick because there's going to be more beneficial for them if you want the Shrumble to really be a recruiting draw where you can be like, well, look what we did against UBC, then it has to actually mean something. And Panda. for for UBC, exactly. For UBC, think of it this way. If somehow UBC comes out of Can West this year and they make it to the Vanier, they're going to be playing up to, like I think a week or so before the Shrumble. So they're going to, if in this hypothetical, yeah. they get to the Vanier. If they win the Vanier, they're certainly not going to be ready for some shrumble where they have to all of a sudden turn around and play American rules. And if and they, are they lose really the Vanier at that point, no, they won't. And if they lose the Vanier, they're sure as hell are not going to want to be playing a different meaningless game after just losing the national championship. Like to me, the shrumble, like, yes, it's great that we have it back. Kudos to BC football uh, for getting this organized and done. And uh, that's great and all. 
but it means nothing. Yeah. It's a waste of time, I believe, for these schools because it's not even a recruiting pitch you can use as the other school isn't one that you're directly competing against. So unless Simon Fraser wants to rejoin U Sports, which would be great because then we would have two teams in BC, two teams in Calgary or in Alberta, two teams in Saskatchewan. That's great. Then we can have some good rivalry games. But until then, I'm sorry. This this is just a waste and a PR a PR ploy because it's not even like it's going to be used for recruiting. No, no. I mean, end of the day, it's an interesting idea. Am I going to watch it? Yes. Can it be more than what it is right now? Absolutely. Uh, is there potential for it to be more? Uh, it's in the hands of, of one of the teams. But with all that out of the way, with all of our, um, I don't even know what's called it. Ang- yeah, angst out of the way with all of our uh, gripes out of the way over the Shrumble. Let's UBC, get- I'm very happy for you for getting <laughs> back to this rivalry game. Simon Fraser, I have bones to pick with you, my friends. There Not you even go. my friends. You guys Best just- way to say it. Uh, let's get into the brand new segment, though. Um, You're gonna, we're going to start at UBC now, and I don't have a nice thing to say for UBC. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> let's get into it. Brand new segment. Uh, so what we got going on here, like we said on last week's episode, to kind of get us excited and help get everybody else excited for the upcoming U Sports season, we are going to be going through team by team, conference by conference, every single team. Starting in the West, we decided to start on the West Coast and run it through. But we are going to be highlighting one wish or kind of one big thing that we want to see from every U sports team for the upcoming 2022 season, because there are so many stories to get excited about and these wishes or these, you know, big things that we want to see or are hoping for, uh, you know, they don't necessarily have to be, uh, don't necessarily have to be, you know, player personnel, analytical deep dive related. Uh, They can be anything as simple as a uniform. Um, Man, like it could be a, a uniform that you want brought back. Um, hopefully it's not the the Gales uniforms with the Q on the chest because those were awful. Those, those Let's are forget about those. But those uh, forever. <laughs> <laughs> but it can be something like that. So I will turn it over to Wade now. And we're going to be starting on the West Coast, like I said. So we're going to do the Can West in its entirety today, starting with UBC. Okay. Um Keep in mind, UBC, I just defended you over this whole Shrumble thing and how it's not beneficial to you guys until Simon Fraser rejoins. Um, if you're that only said, watching on video right now, you need to go back and listen to the rest of the podcast. Because, uh, that being said, uh, my one thing for UBC, they have a really good home field advantage. Uh, whenever they win, it's usually at home because their road record is two and six over the last two seasons. Their only wins are at Regina, 33-28, and 31-30 in overtime. Please, please, please. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the Airstream that's going to Regina that makes you guys feel great. But when you fly to other stadiums, just please make it a better road record. Like, take, try and change up what you're doing at different hotels, different food. Just do something. But please, my wish for UBC is to make a huge step up on the road it'll make a huge difference for their program um and help them regain playoff confidence 
I think I might kind of have the answer for you here. What travels well? Defenses and ground and games. Run game, baby. Right. <laughs> so uh, UBC has got a perfect opportunity in front of them this year for me to lean into that. They had a successful running back or a successful ground game last year with running back Isaiah Knight. 626 yards on the season, three touchdowns, averaged 104 yards a game. Now, that was in a six-game season. I had two more games into that. He's got more opportunity in front of him. And he was a first-year back. Uh, so I think they've got an opportunity in front of them to kind of lean into what was, you know, a flash of what could be long-term long-term success at the running back position with Knight in the backfield. I would like to see them kind of lean into that and rock with that a little bit. And like you're saying, hopefully it can lead to more wins on the road because, hey, ground games travel. Uh, okay, next team we're going to go to is U of A. Uh, what do you want to see from this Golden Bear squad this year? I want to see their young guys step up. They lost two key pieces to their defense, Josiah Shackle, Jaden Dalkey. Um, I'm not sure if either of them are eligible and or are returning from CFL stuff or I, I think they're both going to be staying. They have both been on the dress rosters almost <laughs> entire season so far. <laughs> so let's just chalk it up to those guys are not coming back. So yeah, for U of A, I want to see the young guys step up a little bit, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They got another good opportunity here. Tyshawn Blackburn, Jake Taylor, both defensive backs, both East West guys. So I want to see them kind of fill those roles and assume those leadership spots for what could be, a very good U of A defense, or even like in general, a good U of A team this year. Rodin Brown coming back. Jonathan Greater Rod- man. man. So, uh, no, I'm excited for U of A. Uh, for me, it's just take the next step. The last couple of years, I've said, you know, this team could really contend. They can really push some people and they fall short. And their guys are too young and they're not experienced enough. They kind of fail to close out tight games or down the stretch of the season. This is that year. I, I really hope they can take this next step. I mean, Mason Nias, I believe he's gone from Saskatchewan. So they've got Ethan Watson, uh, Sinagra, and Josiah Joseph are both gone from Calgary. We'll get there uh, with their replacement. But there's a there's a void at the top of Can West. And, yeah, Saskatchewan is going to try and hold on to that. Yeah, Calgary's going to want to take it back. Manitoba has been hanging around in the shadows lurking. But Alberta has been there, too, and they can take that next step. I'm hoping they take that next step. Uh, Chris Morris and that program deserve it for how many professional players they put out. I just hope it all comes together this year. Yeah, it's it's hard to disagree with that one. Um, I think I'll have the counter to a potential Hardy Cup matchup that you were talking about later here in the episode. Uh, I'll give it back to you, though, with Calgary. What are you hoping to see with the Calgary Dinos this year? Matteo Spolatini. I mean, that's that's the question, right? I mean, we had Sinagra for five. Josiah Joseph was there with Sinagra filling in, and he had his year at the helm. And my God, he threw for thousands of yards, right? And we had the Phil Potts and uh, Nate Durkin and Dallas both in the uh, year in the Vanier year. Uh, to me, it's Spolatini what can he become in this Jabari Arthur scheme, right? Like he did the uh, U sports internship program with the stamps, got to experience that uh, much like, 
Olivier Waugh, our friend from Concordia, who we will get to in, let's see, one, two, three weeks. Uh, oh, man. That's so going to dominate will... <laughs> the RSEC talk. We'll, we'll just leave it at that right now. But 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 there's so much intrigue about Spolatini because this is the first time that Calgary has a really young quarterback. Well, first time in the last seven years that they've had a really young quarterback coming in yeah. to take over and lead this team and lead the Vanier Cup champions from 2019. So uh, with Jabari Arthur, I'm really excited to see where this offense goes. Uh, it's kind of a new wave, new age that's entering the Dinos program and uh, Spolatini's ahead of it. So let's see where he goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. My my wish or my thing for Calgary to watch out for or wish to see, um, it's more of a more of a thing to watch out for, I guess. But what is going to happen? Like there is so many key pieces that we used to talk about with this team, like the Charlie Moores, the Dean Leonard's, the Phil Pop brothers, uh, you know, Jamin. Just, like Jamie Kelly, who's in the in the in the league now. So there are so many players that we used to talk about on this Calgary roster, Grant McDonald, that just aren't there anymore. Logan Bandy, um, a ton of players that have now found success at the next level. So for Calgary, for me, again, I guess much like U of A, but just more generalized across the board here. Who's gonna step up? Who's gonna be the next guy? Um, is it going to be a guy like Jacob Biggs? Yep, we it is going to be Jacob Biggs. Very, very excited that, about oh, That's uh, what I was just going to say to you is, yes, it is going to be Jacob Biggs. This is this is the guy that is taking this defense over. He is going to step up and lead them. And that was going to be my wish, was Jacob Biggs to, to lead this back end of the deal. Or not the back end, I should say, but lead okay. this Calgary defense. Because this dude is the real deal. Ultimate wish list, Jacob Biggs comes out as defensive player of the year from Ken West. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, he's got that much of a skill set and hype around him in my eyes, at least. Yeah. Um, like there's some man, other really talented oh DBs, gosh. but, but Jacob Biggs, Jacob is, Biggs uh, is the one guy out of the can West that I am very excited for to start this season. Big time player. Yes. I, wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. Get, it's staring oh you in the face. Um, okay. What about the defending Hardy cup champions? The defending what you tech bowl champions? Uh, yeah, Saskatchewan Huskies. Where are we going with this? Because it's kind of a new age for them. Mason Nice gone, Sam Baker gone, Colton Clawson, Adam Mackert, all gone. But uh, they do so. This, yeah, they they do have the pieces in place to step up, and they got there with some of those young guys. So I want to see Scott Flory stay true to the Saskatchewan identity, especially on offense. I mean that ground and found type of game well, with they Adam still Mackert. have a launch in them now too right exactly he's a, he's that's where i was gonna guy. go with that was i i think he has the capability to step up for uh, adam mackard who's no longer there retired from football this offseason and and with the receivers too i think they've got a lot of guys across the board there that show that they have you know the ability to step up and make plays especially as we got in deep into that uh deep into that playoff run i mean perry was making plays for them left right and center and let's not forget Nick Weave is back for the Saskatchewan defense. And uh, there's a guy, I won't steal your thunder here, but there's a guy, um, I'll, I'll steal one of your thunders here. Charlie Ringland on that defense. You're just leaning into very excited. Here. I am very excited to watch what Charlie Ringland's going to be able to do and fly around. But yeah, I want to see Saskatchewan, especially on the offensive side of the ball, stay true to that identity. Yeah, that it'll be interesting to see Ethan Watson take the helm. Uh, yeah. My you let into it with Charlie Ringland. My thing is the DB unit needs to dominate for the Saskatchewan Huskies. 
Um, yes, they have Nick Weeb. He's going to fly around. He's going to be all over the field. Um, but you lost the Twins in uh, Cherry and Pickett. Cherry and Pickett. <laughs> you lost the Twins. This DB unit picked up Catley Joseph this last week. He was at all-conference at Maine. Uh, just kind of had some injury history. Uh, but he still had some buzz around him in the CFL draft. And now here yeah. he is going to Saskatchewan. Uh, then we know Charlie Ringland. Long, fast, physical DB. These guys need to just kind of put the brakes on and just say, nobody's getting past this secondary. Uh, I think they can do it. I'm hoping that they do it. Uh, it's going to be exciting. And for them to have that kind of success, I think it's going to be necessary for this DB unit to kind of be the dudes in Can West. I think before we move on, I, I my last point was Saskatchewan. I think the culture that Scott Flory has built over there in Saskatchewan has led them to be kind of get these year players in, or right. exactly year in, year out schemes, year in, year out uh, offenses and defenses. I think they're going to be successful here again this season, despite some of the, you know, age. Right. Uh, do you want to take Regina or do you want me to take Regina? Because uh... – <laughs> It's the same, the same point. It's the same point. Um, So everything that Wade's about to say, I'll make it easy on you. Everything that Wade's about to say, ditto. Josh Donnelly, all day, every day. Riddell Axiom, Jordan Cleats. uh, He's got the swag. He's got the arm. He's got the footwork. He's got the speed uh, and raw athleticism. This guy's this guy's a dude. I know we had <laughs> I know we had man. a little bit of our gripes with like some of the quarterback play at the East West Bowl, but man. But one of the constants was Josh Donnelly played Zip. pretty damn well. Yeah. Zip. And with Coach McConkey entering another year being the head coach, like he was the interim, then he got the full play time position placed on him. Now it's his team. It's his thing, and Donnelly is his guy that he has gone with since pretty much the moment he got there, right? Like they decided to start getting Donnelly reps, get him ready for this. I think he's ready. And yeah, they took down Calgary last year and they had a a stinker the next week, but uh, a stinker to UBC at home. Wow. (laughs) Uh, But no, I I think with, with Josh Donnelly, like this is the year that he kind of separates himself as the guy in can West, right? Like the other quarterbacks entering the draft, you've got Tanner, you've got, uh, Andreas Dueck from McMaster, maybe James Keenan if he decides to enter from Queens. Donnelly can set himself apart from these guys and be like, look, yeah, Tanner has the the rocket arm that can fly like 80, 80 yards. Yes, James Keenan can run around. Yes, uh, Andreas Dueck has high percentage rates when he's passing. I've got it all. I'm the complete package. Look at me. And he's got a good chance to do it. So he's I'm got some I'm, competition in the RSEC, but I do agree. But the competition, the R, competition, in the RSEC is still a year behind him in school, right? Or Absolutely. a year or two. So, Absolutely. So uh, for Don, for Donnelly, it, it's it's go time. This is the year to step up, and I'm I'm really hoping that he takes advantage of it. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what Donnelly is going to be able to bring this year, especially you know with a little bit more experience under his belt and. Trust always helps. Always helps having well, reps and experience and reps and experience. Continuity. Who knew? Oh my goodness! The secret to success: reps and experience. Oh, shut the front man. door! No way! Wow! Um, I am excited to see him sling the rock around in the in the Regina <laughs> offense. Last team in the Can West here, though. Um, you want to go on this one, or you want me to? You want me? No, to leave you this go. One you go. All right. Uh, I'm trying to find out something on this team so I can add a little extra. Ah, uh, stalling. 
Stalling. All right. So my, my thing to circle back to your point, you said there was kind of a void in the can West this year. And there is like, I, I think that's true this year more than ever with the can West. It is wide open. It could be a U of a year. It could be a Saskatchewan year. Is it a Calgary resurgence year? We'll see. But I think that for Manitoba, they have a chance and a good chance with the openness of the conference this year uh, to go out and at least make the conference final. So I think they have to seize the opportunity in front of them. They were a sneaky, a sneaky four and one last season, uh, an inch away from kind of getting to the Hardy Cup. But I think that Manitoba as a team this year has an opportunity in front of them to kind of take that same mentality this year in that, you know, we weren't a team to be messed around with. We were a four and one team. We were right there with everybody else. Um, and with the openness of the conference this year, hey, why not Manitoba? Okay, okay. My thing on Manitoba, uh, <laughs> it was the thing I was stalling for. I'm not sure if it's completely gone yet, but can we move on from the Russell or Reebok brown jerseys? I, I believe they have their Nikes <laughs> in black. They have their Nikes in white. But I'm pretty sure go. at some point last year, they wore those brown Reebok jerseys. The, can first, we pl- the first jersey wish list. Um, no, that, that's that, season. <laughs> that was my joke one. My my actual one is Jackson. Oh, Jackson Tachinsky uh, took over at quarterback first year. I believe he's a true freshman. Uh, kind of came on slowly, and then so he finished with uh, seventy four of one thirty two and six picks through three picks against Saskatchewan, but uh, eight hundred yards, nine touchdowns. Uh, three on the ground with an extra 240 yards. How does he progress in year two? Because I mean, standing at six, four, he's got, yeah. caught the size. He's got the arm. He's got the mobility. Uh, how does this guy progress and where does he take the team? Right? Like there's all this room in front of him to grow. He's going into his second year. Does he take the step? Does he regress? Do they kind of go, Oh, do we have to find a new quarterback? There's so many different ways this could go with uh, Tachinsky. I'm excited to see where it goes. We hope it's up because we always hope for good football. But uh, it's kind I'm of excited a, for this kid. Kind of a like a resemblance situation to Keenan last year, right? Like, what is this kid yeah, going to be? No. We saw the flashes in 2019 with him. Now, What's I don't know if he has someone breathing down his neck like James like Keenan Lecandro, has but... in Lecandro and Freakin. But uh, I, I think Tachinsky could be pushed. But who knows what, what else they've brought in because I believe Des Catelia is now done. Uh, so there isn't even that older presence in the quarterback room. It's just Tachinsky uh, seeing where he can feel out his career. It is going to be an exciting season in the Can West. If, if there's one major takeaway, man, it is that. Can West is going to be stacked. Uh, quarterbacks, defenses, the teams have it all. We didn't even talk about Garrett Rooker from UBC, but he ended last year on a pretty yeah, good note as well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Calgary's got their guy. Regina has their guy. Manitoba has their guy. UBC has their guy. Sask is moving to Ethan Watson, who I believe they have confidence in. U of A is starting to move around their pieces as well. well I mean, so. U of A's offensive game plan is Jonathan Rosary, but like... <laughs> the swiss army knife but no uh next tuesday we'll we'll get into the western half of the oua uh windsor western waterloo laurier guelph mac uh we're going to go through them next week uh 
I went three and one again in Wade's wagers. Um, so if you guys want to get in on the action, I mean, I believe lines come out on Tuesdays. Uh, go to CoolBet, uh, CoolBet.ca. They are the best sports book in Canada. Daily boosted odds, a wide variety of sports to bet on, even some obscure ones if you are uh, a really avid gambler. But uh, make sure you go and check out CoolBet. They are the best sports book in Canada. I'll be back on Thursday with Wade's Wagers. We're going to try and make this a pretty successful season. I think I've got, what, I went 2-2 two and two last week, 3-0-1 uh, oh the first week, and 3-1 and one this week. So we're 8-3-1. Yeah, that works out to 12. Yeah, 8-3-1 and one throughout the year so far. So we're doing something right. That's all we hope for. 66%. So... Cool Bet Canada, uh, the best sports book in the country. And I guess that uh, that's going to close it out. Rounds out the episode for today. You guys, as always, know where to find us on Twitter, at CF Perspective, at Connor R. O'Neill, at Wade Zank. Always want to engage. Always want to engage. Same handles on Instagram. That does it for the Tuesday episode. We will be back, and we will be in Ottawa on Thursday. If you see us, come say what's up. We will be around. So can't wait for that one. It's too hot in here. Doesn't help that you're right here with me. It's not the first time that I've had to check my